in and welcome to episode 116 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight for our last podcast of 2017 is my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, are you ready to say goodbye to 2017 and more importantly, say goodbye to Wishmaster? You have no idea how much I want to say goodbye <laughs> to 2017, especially for hell Wishmaster. Yes. Wow. What a journey we've had it this has, year. It has been a hell of a year. You are absolutely right. Movie-wise, ups and downs. Yeah. Yep. Maybe a few more downs and ups. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been quite the trek. Absolutely. Looking forward to 2018. Man. You know what's good about 2018? What's what's that? No Wishmaster. <laughs> Those bases are covered. Yep. We don't have to revisit unless you want to see the nudity filmed in Winnipeg. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of ups and downs that you've made me i want to like go through all of our our podcasts of 2017 and like see what our okay. rating was on average for each of us and see who had a better 2017 you or me in terms of the films we liked i might have to do that if i, if I have some time this weekend i'll be bored at my parents at some point i'm sure so i'll probably do that I, i'm interested i'm interested now that you mention it so Take out some graph paper, you know, <laughs> a good white eraser That's because right. the pink ones will rip your paper up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to see who mathematically injured the movies more this year. Absolutely. That's my challenge for next week. I'm going to try to do that. So cool. So tonight, though, yeah. we are, uh, of course, concluding our Christmas wishes arc with a review of 2000 and I think I put one, but I think it's actually 2002, right? Uh, for this one, it is yeah. Wishmaster 4. Yeah, 02. So of 2002's Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled. And we're going to move mm. on to round 46 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge, where we're going to review a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan III and <laughs> Gone Girl. Yes. Absolutely. Now, so, it is funny. I am looking at the Wishmaster IMDb right now. Yeah. And the categories it placed the film in is fantasy, horror, and romance. Romance. <laughs> okay. Really? Okay. Huh. okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Open IMDb. Leave it up uh, to them. Sometimes movies don't need three categories. Two is fine enough. <laughs> it's only getting romance. one when I do it. When I mark it on Cinefashion, it's only getting one. And that's horror. And that's plenty. Y- you know what? Uh, for all you romantic types, should watch this on the 14th of February, you know, with your yep. loved one, yep. and just make some sweet, sweet love. Absolutely. This Man, movie puts it. me in the mood. Oh, it puts me in the mood so hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Most at the beginning. We'll talk about that later. Absolutely right. So before we do move over to that, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Email us right over at contact at cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of the show. Call us at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. And you can also check out our long list of past reviews and all 116 podcast episodes right on over at cinefessions.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are essential to helping us grow. So we thank you guys for your support there. And as we've been mentioning, if you do like us, just tell a friend about us. Let let somebody else know we exist. 
maybe they'll start listening to us and then we can get our, our listener base up even more, which is just means more fun things for the future. So we appreciate you, whether you are telling a friend about us, whether you're leaving us an iTunes review, or if you're a superstar, doing both. So we thank you guys for that. You know what attracts me the most about some podcasts? What's that? It's a fat listener base. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to yeah. expand. Oh, just yeah. a nice, thick, fat listener base. You're just going to uh, bite your, uh, that's a good yeah. podcast. No, yeah, it turns me on too, man. I oh, understand you completely. My God. That's right. 2017. (laughs) So last but not least, as we talked about uh, a couple episodes back, make sure you head over to cinefessions.com and vote in the right-hand sidebar to help us decide on which film we're going to review in week six of our next arc, which starts next week, which will be, of course, the Scandinavian horror arc. You can choose between... I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. You can choose between Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, Troll Hunter... Fail or let the right one in. So definitely head over to cinefessions.com to let your voice be heard right in the right-hand sidebar. There's actually two polls in the right-hand sidebar right now. We would be so thrilled if you just took a couple seconds and answered both of those. So thank you for that. All right. So 2017 coming to a close. Mm. I'll, I'll jump in and talk about my week in media because it was much like last week, minuscule. Okay. So... I finally, uh, I did finish Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone last week. I, as I was talking about the entire time, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can, I can definitely see why people become obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, it is, I, the, the best word I can use to describe the book is just charming. There's, it's so fun. It is, it's just, I really love the characters. I love spending time with these characters. And so I can definitely see why people, you know, you either, people don't just like Harry Potter. I feel like people are obsessed with Harry Potter. And I kind of, I can see where that's coming from. I mean, the book definitely sucks you in and just, it just takes you into this really interesting and and fascinating world. Um, And I I can't, I can't recommend it enough. I can't wait to, you know, one day share it with a, with a child of my own, because I just know they'll, they'll appreciate as much as I did. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And what I like about the series is that it just keeps getting better and better. So if you, if mm-hmm. you like the first one, <laughs> you're going to like the second one, you're going to like the third yeah. one, by the seventh one, you're going to love these characters so much. You're going to cry when <laughs> good things, bad things happen, you know? So, right. Yeah. You get, it's a series that even though I've read the books almost, almost a decade ago now, um, Mm-hmm. You, st- you still kind of think about them because they're in the Z guy, yeah. you know, like these characters right. will never go away. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I own, I, I did buy the second one um, a few days back. I actually had like a chapter left in the first one and I was at target. I was like, you know what? I'm grabbing it now. So I have it. Um, and I just, I, it's sitting next to my bed. I've just been, it's been a busy week. So I haven't, uh, haven't cracked it open yet, but excited to do so. Yeah. So I'll definitely be continuing on that. Um, and then really the only other thing I did, uh, I bought Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. So the the remake slash reboot of the Crash original three Crash Bandicoot games okay. on PlayStation 4. Do you have this one? No, I'm not a Crash Bandicoot fan. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. That sucks. I love, I love Crash. Uh, it was, I was a huge PlayStation guy. Cause that was like the system my parents bought me. Yeah. Um, after, you know, when that, when that generation, I didn't have an N64 when it was new, I had PlayStation and crash was my shit. I absolutely love crash. Um, and 
I've just been craving lately and Bridget really loves Crash Bandicoot. And so I knew she'd want to be interested in playing with me. So I was like, you know what? It's on sale for 30 bucks at Best Buy. I actually, I used a, a friend of a friend's gamers club because mine expired. And so I ended up paying like 25 bucks for it. Okay. And I played it. It's really fantastic. I know uh, people love it, uh, generally really like it. But when it first came out, there was a lot of hate on it because the uh, some of the c- controls were a little bit wonky. It didn't quite feel the way it should, but yeah. they have since yeah. released a patch for it. And it plays really, really well. Um, I'm only through like the first boss, but it looks fucking great. And it plays I- exactly how I, I would have expect uh, Crash Bandicoot to play. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So they've polished the game up then. It's not like the original graphics. Like it's like a remaster. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. A remaster. Yeah, it looks it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I definitely recommend that one if you are interested in the series. Um, I'm excited to play through that one some more. But yeah, this weekend, I'm actually, um, I mentioned I'm going to my parents. Uh, we always, because we're children, we <laughs> spend the night <laughs> in my parents' house on Christmas Eve. My sister, you know, will come back home. Me and my wife will go and stay there. And then Christmas morning, we celebrate, um, you know, open gifts Christmas morning with my parents. Then we go to yeah. Bridget's family and whatever. We go a lot of places on Christmas Day, four stops generally. Okay. Um, but always start with my parents. And then um, why did I bring this up? Oh, because this weekend I am planning on taking uh, the Wii U with me. And I'm really hoping to get some mario kart 8 action in yeah and some mario party 2 action in because uh my sister and i used to play the mario party games all the time and we love them and uh we really want to try mario party 2 because i've heard that's like the best in the series and it's on the wii u virtual console and oh, okay. so we're going to uh we're gonna try playing that one this week i'm really excited for that um and then i'm hoping come monday we'll see if i can get that switch or not but we'll check we'll see well, that's the thing is that like if you put the Wii U under your pillow on the twenty fourth, you'll, you'll wake up on the twenty fifth with a switch that's under weird. the tree. I don't know how it happens. It's I don't weird, know, but I, I have heard that it's the the switch fairy. Um, it, it he she delivers. Yeah, yeah. Just just gotta be careful though. Don't wake up because if you wake up when she visits you, she will kill yeah. you. I I've heard of a few cases of that. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was real or not, but since you've just verified it. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. Yeah. You got to be very careful. So like down some NyQuil, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have a loot Absolutely. or something. Yeah. Make nice. sure you're deep asleep because like as awesome as a Wii U to a Switch is, the Switch mm-hmm. means nothing if you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you Words know? to live by. Yeah. Because how am I going to get your friend code if you're t- you know, exactly. six feet under, you know? You're right. Absolutely yeah. right. Um. So along with obviously all the Christmas gifts I was buying, I did have to take advantage. Amazon had a like $5 off any book that you purchased that was over 15 bucks or something. Okay. Um, and so they just released uh, Justice League Power Rangers crossover um, what? in hardcover. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I love, obviously I love Justice League. You know, I love the Power Rangers from when I was young. And so uh, I had to grab this. Uh, Chris pointed it out to me. He found like the like issue number four or whatever in stores and was like, holy shit, like I have to have this. And so I looked it up to see if it was online and it turns out, well, it was coming out in hardcover like a week later. And so we were like, shit, we got to get it. Okay. Chris already read it. He loved yeah. it. So I'm excited to read it. So what can the Power Rangers bring to the table that the Justice League can't? Like, let's be I, honest. I don't know. And I'll with- tell you next week, but I- 
I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Like that was my shit when I oh. it was right when I was growing up. You know, sure. I love it, so I am excited. But I'm just saying, when you've got Spider Man or probably Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know, and then you got like, oh, yeah. Red Ranger. What the fuck is Red Ranger going to do? A high kick that'll get, probably get blocked, then he'll be shredded. <laughs> you know what I mean? So okay, so some really good dance choreography. That's for sure. <laughs> so which choreography. rendition of the Justice League is this? Are these like maybe some lower tier Justice League members, or are they like? Honestly, I'm. I'm not positive. No, I think Superman's on the cover. So, I mean. Yeah. So, Superman does not need the Power Rangers to off Ritter Repulsa. <laughs> yeah. You know, Might not need them, but I'm excited to see how he uses them. Oh, sure. That's for sure. A bit of a power shift, <laughs> you know? It's kind of weighed down on right. one side, like a teeter-totter, you know? So. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So, that'd be cool to see. Um yeah, and then as I was I was telling you, Mark, before the, the uh, before we started recording, I uh, I'm, I got a new job, and so that'll be starting. Uh, well, frankly, I don't know the next couple of weeks here. Same company, which I enjoy working for. I'm Correct. just uh, going corporate now. And so, you're with Vivid yeah, Video, is that right? Vivid Video, yes, that's it. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is it. Uh, it's more fun on the, you know, on the film end, uh-huh. filming end, yeah, but yeah. sometimes you just got to go corporate because that's where the money is in Vivid Video. So well, that's why I made my choice. You seem like more of a spreadsheets guy. Yeah, thank you. You're I awesome. am. That is, <laughs> man, truer <laughs> words have never been spoken. Uh, that's true. I like the I like the video on in the background while I'm making the spreadsheets, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. checking the dailies, making sure everything's going well. So Yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah. the ledger's looking fine. <laughs> it always is nice and balanced, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's it for me. Um, hopefully I'll have, um, an unbox, uh, usually like last year, you know, whatever I got for Christmas, I kind of, uh, you know, do a video on for YouTube for that to show off, you know, all my awesome shit that I'm hope- hoping to take in. So if I get any cool media related things, I will definitely be putting up a YouTube video, uh, sometime next week after Christmas, hopefully. So definitely look for that yes. but yeah other than that that has been my uh my week so how about you mark uh, not much because uh last time we recorded i was um heading to bed after we d- were finished because i was going back to work <laughs> so right. i pretty much since our last recording i worked five 12 hour shifts i was off this morning i cleaned my house and now we're recording again so oh man um, i did get a bit of ground gained on my uh on my challenges here um mm-hmm. Can't recall. No, I did not say this last time. So I finished Hemlock Grove season twelve. Uh, season twelve. Can you imagine, <laughs> folks? Folks, I've been, I haven't imagine? had much food today, and I'm on my second Black Phillip uh, hard cider from Wasteland. Is. So yeah, yes. because I don't go back to work till Christmas Day. So this is kind of like a Christmas vacation. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, it's four point five percent alcohol, and it's hitting me really hard. So hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I finished season two of Hemlock Grove. Um, that last, man, I guess the cliffhanger for season two to season three, I couldn't yell anything because I was watching it, you know, at six in the morning before I was leaving, uh, well, I was having breakfast before I left for work. So I couldn't yell, what the fuck is that? But in my head, <laughs> I y- yelled out with my side force, what the fuck is that? Um, yeah. I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to ruin mm-hmm. it if you do decide to watch it. Those who have seen it, they'll maybe, um, you know, nod their head in, uh, I, I, you know, just to confirm with me. Yeah, you know, you're right. What the fuck was that? Which I'm assuming will be answered in season three. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was weird. So, 
Yeah. Was it? Oh, okay. I was gonna say, was it a positive? What the fuck is that? Or a negative? What the fuck was that? Ah. Uh, no, it's a it's a positive. I don't see it being a okay. negative. It's just a okay. out of left field. What the fuck was oh. that? You know. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And I, I I don't want to spoil it. You know. But season two is right, a lot right. better than season one. Like I, season one was a bit of a slog, and season two I took my time with it, but I liked it. I didn't love it. Like it's not a great show, but it's a good show. Mm-hmm. And since okay. I've, I've only got one season left, it's only the ten episode season. I'm going to finish it off, and then that's that. So, right, so right. finish that. Um, I think we're on episode four of The Punisher now. Me and Melissa are watching it together. Okay. Um, so far, so good on that. I'm really enjoying that as well. Um, I started tonight, actually, uh, season two of The Grand Tour on Amazon, which I believe... Um, well, who was the f- uh, who's the guy that used to do the podcast with us? What's his name again? <laughs> Anyways... Um, Ash? Oh, we're going to call him Schmizbo. Okay, Ash. Okay. Okay. Schmizbo. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think Ash watched season one, but uh, it's the guys from uh, Top Gear UK before they got right. fired. Um, it's a three guys. They're now doing a, a car show uh, for Amazon Prime called The Grand Tour. Yeah. Season one came out last year. Fucking phenomenal. The way it's shot, it's beautiful. I'm not a gearhead, but it's really good and it's very funny. So it's, it, it's enjoyable. Um, season two is so far more of the same. I'm only like 15 minutes into the new episode. Um, the only shitty thing about the, uh, the show is that Amazon is releasing only one episode every Friday. So unlike everything um, else, now that we're conditioned to binge a whole season. Exactly. I have to wait for a new episode every Friday. So hmm. it came out two years ago or probably two uh, weeks ago. So episode three will come out this Friday. I'll be okay. caught up by then. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the only knock on it is that unlike all the other shows where the whole season is dumped at once, this is one a week. Right. Which I kind of understand because they want the publicity for it. Because I think like season mm-hmm. one, they spent $250 million on the show. Wow. Yeah, I think for like 11 or 12 episodes, $250 mil. Now, it's you see it. Like, you know where the money's gone. It's fucking amazing. Like in high def. I can only imagine if they would release a 4K version of that show. Holy fuck, that would pop out of your screen. Like, legit, it's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I started watching that. So that will be a weekly thing for the next, like, two, three months. Um, yeah. Apart from that, movie-wise, I was able to get three off my, uh, off my challenge. So uh, I'm technically at the letter S, but I've already got X and uh, V done as well. So um, for the letter uh, R... Um, I picked from 1975, Race with the Devil, with Peter Fonda, and it's got Warren Oates. Now, I've had this for a while. Man, I might have had this almost a decade. And the reason why Mm. I never touched it, it's because it's got some horrible DVD art. Like, it's ugly. And you'll see it. I haven't posted this on Instagram yet. Probably be uh, either this weekend or, uh, or early next week. But it's... It doesn't look like it's going to be a fun film to watch. And man, was I wrong. This was a fantastic film. So this was filmed again in 75. And it's about two couples, uh, Roger and Kelly, which is Peter Fonda and Larry Parker. And then Frank and Alice, Warren Oates and Loretta Swift. And she looked really familiar, Loretta Swift. I thought she was in the original MASH. And she is. She's Hot Lips from MASH, the TV show. Yeah, so I thought she looked familiar. Anywho, uh, so it's about these two couples. 
they dis- uh, they're in Texas. Um, the two guys are business partners. Decide to rent an RV to go to Aspen to go skiing. So on their first night, they're camping out just in some desolate area just uh, for the night, you know. And they notice a bonfire mm-hmm. starting, and then they see a human sacrifice. Well, it's 75, so what can it be? Ah, it's Satanists, and they're doing a human sacrifice. <laughs> so now it's a thing where, of you know, they're racing against the Satanists, trying to uh, get away to get to the big city to report it to the police. Now, they report it to the local police, but this is something about them that they don't really trust. Um, so the whole film is kind of like a it's, a, it's a chase film, but they're in an RV. And uh, it's really good. I really liked it. So, uh, yeah, so that's from 75. Um, I'm not a big Peter Fonda fan, but I really liked him in this, in this uh, film. Um, the original okay, cover cool. art is so much cooler. The, I'm looking at the poster that they used back in 75. It's badass. The Anchor Bay cover, mm. it's fucking garbage. So if their sales did not uh, really show um, any positive, uh, like, le- if, they, if Anchor Bay did not sell many units of this film, it's probably because the DVD cover is their d- drizzling shits. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I watched that one. And I also watched uh, Quick Draw Okatsu from 1969. Um, it's a, okay. So it's set in like the Samurai Times, which for some reason I thought this was like a pinky violence film, but this is pre pinky violence. So pinky violence films, it's like female exploitation films in the seventies in Japan with girl gangs and, you know, rape revenge and stuff like that. This right. is not that. Well, in a way it is, but it isn't. Um, this, so this is set in the Samurai Times. I don't recall exactly what year it is, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh Okatsu. Uh, she is a master swordsman, or she's going to be a master swordsman. She's got the skill, just doesn't have the title yet. And she is the adopted. She's the adopted daughter of uh, what's his name here? Uh, fuck me, what's his name? Anyways, she's the adoptive uh, daughter of the local uh, master at the dojo, and uh, him and her get along really well. But uh, the uh, the master has a son. And uh, he's a bit of a disappointment. He's not a swordsman. Okay. He he sneaks off at night to see a girl. They want to get married. He wants to become a farmer. So it's a total disappointment. He runs afoul with some local gangsters because he got ripped off at a gambling event where the game was rigged. So he owes all this money. Gangsters get him. She wants to take his place. Like, please don't hurt him. So she does. So then uh, dad comes, says, no, no, don't hurt my daughter. Take me. He's my son. So they kill the father. They rape the the daughter. And uh, she escapes. And now she's on her path of revenge to avenge her father, her brother, and those who hurt her. So it's it's kind of Kill Bill-ish in a way. It was the whole honor thing. Um, so that said, uh, this movie floored me. I thought nothing much of it when I saw the cover. I'm like, oh, I don't remember buying this. Um, but it's fantastic. It's really good. Um, it's bloody. It's violent. And like for 69 Japan, I guess I've got a, a bit of a 
I don't expect these, you know, films like in the late 60s, especially in Japan, to be very violent and like mm-hmm. gory and stuff. And like we've got plucked eyeballs. We've got, you know, uh, sword wow. slashes. We've got, uh, you know, whorehouses. It's really good. Um, there is no nudity in the film, which is okay by me because I didn't need that to enjoy the film. Because I thought the film itself, uh, just by the acting and uh, the story itself, was really, really good. So uh, I totally recommend that one. So I'll have that post on Instagram as well very shortly. Uh, last, yeah, last one I watched, and maybe you've seen it, maybe not, because I know you're a, you're a fellow pervert. Um, so <laughs> I watched um, for the challenge. I didn't have any more DVDs that had uh, films that I haven't seen with letter V yet anymore. Okay. So I went to uh, Netflix and I watched the documentary Voyeur that just got released on December first. Oh no, I've not heard of that one. Okay, so it's about this guy, uh, Gerald Foos, who owned a motel, and Gerald's a bit of a pervert, and he jerrigged a hidden pathway in the attic of the motel so that he could peep on all the rooms. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he would write, uh, he had a diary, he would write notes and like statistics and how many times a girl orgasmed and blah, blah, blah. Wow. So, so it, it so it features him, but it also features a guy by the name of Gay Talese or Talese. He is a journalist, and he wrote a book called "Love Thy Neighbor," I believe, back in the late seventies, early eighties, just about sexuality and like you know origins and stuff like that. Okay. So Gerald had sent him a letter back then saying, "Hey, I'm doing this." Um, are you interested in, you know, in, uh, in hearing more about it? So they corresponded for decades and just, you know, back in, I guess, 2014, 2015, decided to write a book about it. So this doc is about Gerald and his, and his motel, but also about uh, Gay and him writing the book and, you know, the whole process of fact checking and whatnot, because... So it's it's about Gerald, it's about gay, and it's about them still want to be in a spotlight as well. You know, he wants to get the fame and the recognition for writing the book. And Gerald kind of wants the he kinda he kinda wants fame, but then yeah. when when people hear his story, it isn't well received, obviously. So mm-hmm. then he kind of hates the whole idea of the book being released. And so it's it's interesting. It, the, the film starts off as a simple story, but then kind of has multiple pathways and multiple storylines. Um, so it's quite interesting. Um, is it good? I wasn't a big fan of this documentary. I didn't think it really oh, deserved. Okay. I don't know. I just thought it, it wasn't, if it was all about the motel and the vorism, that'd be one thing, but really mm-hmm. by the end, it, it came more about gay and his book and his reputation. And honestly, I couldn't really care. So, hmm. Yeah, so no recommendation on me on that one, but it is available on Netflix. And yeah, I just added it to my list because it sounds like something I would be fascinated by. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting, it out. interesting, but I finished the doc feeling kind of ho-hum. Yeah. So it could be as well. I watch it like late at night, one night on my, okay. you know, at work. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, yeah, I was just kind of disappointed by it. Kind of disappointed okay. by it. And yeah. I think TV, or like film-wise, that's all for me. Uh, minus my uh, my uh, duties for the week here at the podcast. Um, video game wise, I got a little further in uh, in uh, uh, 
Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game. Uh, I finally beat my fourth uh, Divine Beast. So I think now I'm on the path of like up, you know, maybe grinding my character a bit and then going to the castle to fight Calamity Ganon, which is supposed to be the big bad of the game. So, awesome. uh, so yeah, but that's it. Though. I'm like 85 hours into the game and I Jeez. feel there's so much I haven't seen. So yeah. So, yeah, so I might still be with the game for a while. But, uh, yeah, I think story-wise, I might be near its conclusion unless I'm still just scratching the surface. I really don't know, <laughs> right? Right. So, but, uh, yeah, apart from that, that's really it for me. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Well, that's a good week. It is for all the, you know, for all the work and whatnot at the yeah. and you know. So, exactly. yeah, I was able to do a bit. I'm chipping away. I've only got six movies left in my Alpha Dezuda Alpha Challenge to do. So today, okay. recording on the twentieth of December, I got yep. I got six films in ten days or eleven days. Eleven days, but then I got you know five work days, and then you know Christmas gatherings and whatever. Right. So I think it's going to be kind of tight. You're going to nail it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So let's move over to our review for the day. Talking today, of course, about Wishmaster Four: The Prophecy Fulfilled from 2002 so as always there will be spoilers for wishmaster 4 there will be spoilers for wishmaster 3 2 and 1 as well so keep that in mind hopefully you've been following along with us and so if you've not yet seen wishmaster 4 definitely hit pause go and watch the movie come on back and hit play and then join our discussion so wishmaster 4 the prophecy fulfilled saw a, re- a an original u.s television premiere date of october 22nd 2002 This one is directed by Chris Angel, the first time we have a return director, because uh, this was actually done by the same director as number three, and actually filmed like two weeks after Wishmaster 3, I believe. Back to back. Yeah, yeah. So Very Corbin-esque. Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, though, it has a different writer. This one was written by John Benjamin Martin versus whoever the hell wrote the last one. I don't remember, but it wasn't him. Um, It has an IMDb score currently of 4.0 out of the 2,751 current votes. No Metacritic score, but a 20% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 23%. It currently has 1.91 out of five stars on Letterboxd based on on 318 ratings. Again, no budget or gross information, and it clocks in at a whopping 90 minutes. Mark, what's your history with Wishmaster 4? Uh, I saw it for the first time last week. <laughs> Fantastic. Me too. Well, I saw it for the first time yesterday, but same thing. Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> first time viewing for this guy. Yeah. All right. So right from the very get-go, we get this um, uh, like an opening text scroll. Not a scroll like Star Wars, but like there's text on the screen. that's basically telling you what the narrator is. Mm-hmm. And it was very reminiscent of the original Wishmaster. But what pissed me off was like, one – the font style they use, which is such a stupid thing to complain about, but fonts, you know, really matters. And yeah. and the color, this blue text over the red orange flame, it just looked cheap and it just looked incredibly uninspired. Like, why not use the font from the first film's intro? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a font that's easy to duplicate. Like, and it would instantly connect the first the, you know, the first film and the last film of this series for fans. Like it was just very weak. I thought it could have been so much better and, and easy to do that too. Yeah, the presentation isn't there. Like just looking mm-hmm. at the last two films and the, just the title screens. Yeah. They're, they're so limp. They're so unimaginative, you know? Right. Um, but as for the scrolling or I guess the text that they displayed, um, mm-hmm. it was cribbed from the first Wishmaster film. 
What do you mean? Uh, it was oh, yeah. yeah it's so the it's, actual text. It's practically the same text now. Yes. Um, I think they they did change a little bit, but it is. I'll say a good ninety percent the original, the same text that uh, they uh, they portrayed in the first film. Yep, and even more reason to like because in the first film I can vividly remember it was like this like I don't know what you want almost like a demonic looking font like it was yeah. very it was it had a Persian like, feel to it it felt like the yeah. time that they were in at that opening sequence you know with the mm-hmm. with the Sultan and whatnot yeah and it just felt like, I mean like. This was in no time. It was literally, we were just looking at a flame. So, I mean, it could have been set anytime. And I feel like it would have really would have put the, just pushed the films together a little better. I would have liked that. And but. You know, what's funny is that in the opening title screens of Wishmaster 3, they had that Egyptian, um, I guess. Oh, yeah, pan. that's right. And now they said yeah. that it was in relation of Wishmaster 4. Where the hell was that in here? Ex- that's exactly. I don't yeah, recall I- seeing any Egyptian. You know, they had a few things with the Indian food and then a thousand and one nights for the boutique, but there was yeah, no, that's... yeah, there, I, I just, I just don't recall anything of that nature in, uh, in the fourth film. There was no Egyptian yeah. tie in whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. Me either. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't think about that, but no, you're right. Um, I love <laughs> so I love the music choice. It just, it, it instantly feels so nineties. I know, you know, we're early two thousands, but still. It really just, that feels like the nineties, you know, and that music really sold that for me. It sounded really shitty, (laughs) really (laughs) shitty music. Uh, Sam looked like a poor man's Christian Slater, especially with that black leather jacket. That's all I kept thinking in that opening scene is how he just reminded me of Christian Slater. Oh, he was so cool, bro. Yeah, he sure was. Um, I did love that we got nudity a couple seconds in and um, our leading actress here, Tara Spencer Nairn, yeah. playing Lisa Burnley. She was very attractive. That was that was. Fun. I wasn't ready for nudity so early in the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really wasn't. <laughs> it was surprising. And, yeah. and it wasn't just like, you know, like, a, like nudity and then like a sex scene, but like Sam was really pumping. Yeah. But, there was a lot of humming. Like, yeah. He was really like it. it it felt the bed broke. Yeah, yeah, but it felt almost pornographic. Like the sexy, <laughs> usually is like a, a sultry, like an S motion, like oh, you know. But he was really doing right. the jackhammer. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, Chris Angel, I know what you like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and then right after the bed breaks, we get like the uh, the Titanic drawing scene. <laughs> of- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just oh, man. thought it was funny was because funny. like she's posing and it looks like she's posing there yeah. for a while. The whole time mm-hmm. he's sketching and she's not even sketching her face. <laughs> I know. It's just like this generic, yeah, generic like circle face. Yeah, yeah there's nothing even on it. It's, it's like but, yeah. he's he's doodling one of those like anatomy figurines that you can buy. Like yeah, that's what I'm trying I, to say. I yeah. keep seeing on Instagram, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I thought um yeah, so from and then from the sex scene, from this opening scene in this '90s music, we get a oops, excuse me, we get a three-year jump out of nowhere. I was like, oh, okay, that's different. And then things are just completely different. So um, initially, I thought um, because obviously uh, Lisa goes to we we are introduced to the Stephen character yes. uh, who is the the lawyer and. It was very obvious that Stephen had a thing for her right from the get-go. She seemed uninterested, you know, pretty much at the mm-hmm. beginning. 
Um, and I thought initially that like Sam died as I was certain, like Sam was dead. Um, but obviously that's not the case, but that's, that was what I initially expected. Um, but in the scene, we, we obviously get the introduction of the gem, you know, and it's red again, which I figured you would hate because it was like what blue at the end of the last one. Yeah, yeah, it was blue. Okay. And I thought the gin died. So now we've got the same gin again, and in an even easier box to like. It's like as soon as the in every film, it's easier and easier mm-hmm. to to, to right. gin. It's like I think in yeah. the next one, if they do a Wishmaster Five, somebody's gonna open a Snickers bar. And, oh, hey, there's a ruby in here. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. So what what really pissed me off about the about the gem this yeah. time was that she literally just touches the gem i rewound i probably rewound about four times in this film but this was the first one she doesn't rub anything she literally just picks it up puts it between her thumb and her forefinger and then like i forget she gives it to him or puts it in the box or something she doesn't even rub it and in the first film it's very clear she rubs it on her um Mm -hmm. shirt and that's what you know releases it i feel like she rubs it in the second one too i don't remember about the third one but that's just that whole aspect is just gone she just literally just touches exactly it's ridiculous so, like, the person who put the gem in the box in the first place, mm-hmm. that right. person in the gin? Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's silly. And, like, I guess, no, I guess she touches it first. I was like, because, and then Steven touches it also, but he touches it after her. So, uh, because he's, either way. Wishmaster's already awakened. Exactly, so yeah. He's just going to hang on in the bathroom until uh, he's by himself. Right. Yeah. I, I will yep. say, I was happy to see Michael Truco as Steven. Because yep. like the only actor I, I recognize since like Wishmaster Two, because yeah. I, I know him from Battlestar Galactica. He had a oh, okay. role in the TV show, like the uh, the remake they did in the early two, uh, probably at, just after this this film. I think season one came out in '04, so it's pre like Battlestar Galactica fame. But uh, yeah, so I'm like I'm like oh cool, it's a familiar face and. Uh, I was happy yeah. to see him in the film for most of the, you know, or he was in the film most of the time after that. So it was kind of nice. I, I liked him better than Connery. Oh yeah. I, I wrote that down later on too. Definitely liked him better than Connery. Yeah. Um, I, I recognized him f- uh, immediately as well. And I was trying to look through and why, and he was in hush. And I remember his character in hush, uh, which we all watched last year, I believe it was or early this year. Oh, the one um, with, uh, about the home invasion. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, he was. Yeah, I recognize him from that. Uh, and I guess that's it. Looking through his filmography, maybe I saw him in just like a random uh, episode, TV episode because he did a lot of TV as well. But yeah, I definitely know. I knew him when I saw him. So, oh, he was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch for he played Kevin. That's oh, probably where I knew him from initially. I wouldn't have known that. So, yeah, I watched that when I was much younger. But hey, yes, no need to validate. Yeah. No need to yeah. validate. So I noticed this. So did Bridget, who was watching like the first fifteen minutes with me. Oh yeah. The the two <laughs> the two door thing, like Stephen's house has the front door, but there's okay. two doors. Yes, and we're like, what the fuck is that? Is that a Canadian thing? No. Like, what the fuck is that about? Usually, okay. <laughs> usually you'll have a screen door, you know. Yeah, and then exactly. you have like a like you'll have a door door, but yeah, this yeah. was like two doors. I made the same comment. <laughs> And he's like, let me get the door for you. Then he opens the one door and I'm like, wait, there's still another door. Like you didn't get the door at all. You only got one of them. Like, yeah, I was just so silly. I didn't understand that. That was weird. Like it was a fucking hotel, you know, and between like the hotel rooms. It's not like the but... security doors, but they're just flimsy, right. like regular doors. Like if I, yeah. you know, if it was like a big oak door and then like a regular smaller door, fine. 
but it's right. just two regular doors. The same door, yeah. It's like so now weird. if I have groceries, I have to unlock two doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I know, it's so dumb. Yeah, I thought it was dumb. I thought that was weird, mm. but... Um, mm. Doesn't affect anything, obviously. It just made me <laughs> chuckle. But it's anyway, funny. I noticed this exact same thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we get the introduction of uh, Sam the douche, and he remains a douche for the entire rest of the film. And I absolutely fucking hated him. Yep. Um. My God, what a miserable piece of shit! Who I hated seeing on screen. The guy was just drowning in self-loathing. Yes, like, exactly. He's got a beautiful girlfriend, right? And he spends his time on the computer watching porn. Yep. Why not watch a beautiful girlfriend? I, I, I right. don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh man, yeah. um, like, and what kills me? Okay, so he couldn't have sex. So like, it just felt unrealistic because like this this happened three years mm-hmm. ago. Because what I was getting from the flashback was that he got in the accident when like they drove away. Yeah. That's what I was I, gathering. I, I so you. this happened three years mm-hmm. ago. Like, and his biggest concern is that he can't get like he can't get his dick up. Like that's what he's fucking wasting his life away because of. Well, like it just doesn't make this sense. This movie was weird in tone. I'm like, there's so much emphasis on sex in this in Wishmaster mm-hmm. 4. There was. Um yeah. like almost like overt, like he was so bitter and he was mad at yeah. her. But unless she right. unless she caused the accident, we don't know. Maybe she put that stupid exactly. camcorder in his face, and then you know he lost control, which is totally possible. But like, even though, but you, you, it, even though you can't get it up anymore, there's other things mm-hmm. you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, like, weird. and that's what that's the whole porn thing. So, like, I didn't understand either. Like, if he's like he can't get it up. Like why his like girlfriend's right there. Like why are you watching porn? You can't get it up. Like what is the point? Like I just it doesn't make sense. Like it just didn't make sense. Yeah, to maybe me. he's looking for other stimuli to see if he can twitch or something. I honestly don't know. Maybe but he he was yeah, just in a just uh, he's in a puddle of mud. He's just not happy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he like I'm surprised. It just shows Lisa's character in this in this movie how she stayed by him this whole mm-hmm. time. When right. she could have, she could have left. She could have left him, and she never yeah. did. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the porn he was watching, it was he was using the exact same IBM ThinkPad from Wishmaster Three. I was like, "Yeah, oh really? Same fucking computer? Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> yeah, the exact same one." Because I made note of it. I didn't say it last week, but I made note of like, "Oh, I love that IBM ThinkPad in Wishmaster 3. And I was like, "Oh shit, it's back! I got to talk about oh, it this week." Not but, yeah. I noticed that. Now, yep, exact same computer. now I guess I'm jumping a little bit, but we're since we're talking technology. Um, yeah. Have you ever used one of those mouse, or I guess those mouses, the one that Sam or not Sam, but Stephen had in his uh, in his office when he's I can't talking to it. that attorney? Is that, oh, it had a, that, that big? That's what that was. It was a ball. mouse pad. That's a mouse pad, dude. You know, it, I I saw that. I thought it was just kind of like a like a stress thing where you could just like play with it. You know, I didn't realize it was yeah. actually a mouse. A, a mouse. I have seen those before, though. Now that you mention it, yeah. I've never used one. I guess, but my friend's dad had one on his computer. I remember that distinctly. Now that you say that, yeah. it's like a reverse mouse pad. And so instead of you moving the mouse, you're moving mm-hmm. the ball, right? Yeah. I'm like, you don't see those anymore. No, absolutely yeah. not. That's really funny. Yeah, I totally remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, this had to piss you off. Oh, we and I'm sure it did. We didn't even in the last film we saw 
A little bit, at least. So the first film, him coming out of the gym is this whole thing with another actor and everything. The yep. second one, it's like the the sperm sperm shot against the fucking wall, a piece of gum, you know, thing. Yeah. The third one, at least he like rolls in on a skateboard, I think yeah. is how you described it last week. He, he this presents one, himself. He's, yeah, exactly. He presents himself. Right. This one, he's literally just fucking there in the dark. It's like, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> we got less and less and less of a um, kind of um, a buildup of his introduction every fucking film. The only thing that would have saved it for me, because I'm like, this one's even cheaper. It's a close-up of his face as a silhouette yeah. in the dark. Is if he would have started singing. <laughs> Let's make Wishmaster for a comedy yeah. and have him sing a tune. You know, oh, man. yeah, I thought man, again, so I thought again, that was weak. I'm yeah. just, I'm disappointed. I'm just, the first film was all about the special effects. And it seems right in three, at least he had the hand chop with, uh, with Connery and he had to grow his arm back. Mm -hmm. I don't recall a good special effect in four. The only one I recall that I, I liked and I wrote down, I even talked about in my in my conclusion, is when the other lawyer is cutting off his nose. I liked that. Okay. You take that compared to everything prior in the previous films, there's no Absolutely. There's no gore in this movie. Like no, that no. scene It's which, definitely sex versus gore in this yes. one. Yeah. It, well, it's a romance, right? It's a romantic <laughs> film. So <laughs> IMDB tells us it's a yeah, romance. It's a That's romance. right. You know, you watch, you do a double header with this in a notebook and <laughs> my, my friend, you're going to late city. You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's right. There, yeah. there we go. Hi. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was, yeah, I was bummed. I was bummed by the, uh, by the opening. That's part of the fun is that it's the first reveal. Mm -hmm. And okay. And I have a question. So he reveals himself to Steven. Yeah. I'm watching the film again with commentary, which was fucking horrendous. Um, oh, okay. I think John Novak was drunk or something. He was like, oh, Ugh, he took over. It wasn't good. Um, what was Michael's wish? Because I don't recall. To me, watching this commentary, not hearing what the actual dialogue of the film was, is that he reveals, he grabs him by the throat, he cuts his face off, and then that's it. Do you recall what, this, what, the, what the wish for Stephen was? Oh, shit. Yes. Ah, oh, man. Come on. It's not... It's not like I wish I ah fuck. Nope, I don't recall. Okay. I, I I know it. I I know that I noticed it when it happened, so I know there was one, but I can't remember what it was. Okay. Can't remember. At least let's say I watch Wistmaster One with no yeah. sound. I could get a gist of what he wanted or what was wished for by the special mm -hmm. effects. This one, right? I have no fucking clue because there are no special effects for it. Right. Unless Absolutely. I and I missed it. I just I was like, this is weak. So now Wishmaster yeah. is kind of going on his own without even granting wishes now. Yeah, I was uh, I was perplexed, but not – I didn't lose any sleep over it because I could have rewound and turned off the commentary and it didn't even bother. Like, do I really care yeah. that much at this point? Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, interestingly, like I don't normally rewind films, but I probably – I did rewind this one probably like four times just to catch different things. I don't know why, but I was stuck writing a lot. I wrote a lot for this one for some reason. Yeah, I, I wrote – with me when I watch it with, like for the second time, I mm -hmm. tend to write a lot at the beginning and then it kind of trails off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is one thing that bugged me in the beginning and it, it bugged me even more at the end. It was the gun, the cap gun effects, like the shooting effects. 
it, it just the the cap gun was a cap gun. Like it sounded like shit and looked really yeah. shitty. Uh, yeah. It just looked like a toy. It was really, really badly done. Man, I want to jump to the end right now, but I won't. But remind me okay. to talk guns at the end. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Okay. Okay. Um so one thing, you know, one thing I did like was that I thought the gin actually looked better here than he did in Wishmaster 3. Now, mind, I understand it's probably the exact same makeup, but I, there was just something about it that I appreciated it more this time. And I one thing I really liked about it was he was like slimy, and I liked that. I will agree with you on that, especially we see more of him this time. A ton um, more of him in the gin, yeah, which is cool. We also see him during the daytime, right. which we'll, we'll yep. get to later on. But I see, I think he'd make a great Power Ranger villain. Uh, oh, yeah, he I absolutely still, would. I still don't think uh, the makeup compares to the first film. Yeah, um, no. But I still think it's a decent makeup, but it just feels like it's not organic. It's like mm-hmm. like his back doesn't flex or anything. Like his face is expressive, but the rest yeah. of the body is very clunky. You know, it right. covers, but it doesn't feel real to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably why they spend most of the time on, you know, shots of like his chest and up. You know, they're focusing on the face. Yeah. For that very reason. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I did like that they intro- reintroduced the fact that the djinn has to cut off Steven's face to become him. I like that. Um, and it, like you already said it, but I, this is when I wrote it down. I instantly like Steven better as the djinn than Sean Connery's son's djinn. He just I feels- wrote Sean Connery, but it was whatever Connery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not Sean. I, I just I just find uh, Truco has more of a ladies' man vibe to him yeah. than Connery mm-hmm. did. Um, it just felt, I, it felt more believable to me. I genuinely liked uh, this Jin. Like, I would forget that he was evil at points. Like, I just liked him. I liked that that character. You know? Yeah, he, he's he was, no he's no Andrew Devoff at all. Um, but uh, yeah, he. I honest, think I think he's the better of the shitty sequels. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I might like him more than Andrew Devoff. Really? Yes, I. Yep, I think I actually write that in my uh, conclusion here. Mm. Um, I think he's ah, man. I think he is my favorite Jin of the of the four or well of the four movies. You're, I guess I'll say you're kidding. No, I really liked him. That's interesting. Yeah, but you yeah. are entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, as wrong as it might be, well, I am. I, yeah. I did not say that you were wrong. I was thinking it <laughs> no. pretty fucking hard, but I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So uh, this is another thing. I just, their relationship bugged me so much. So uh, Lisa and Sam's, yeah, like we get more nudity. Lisa yes. in the shower, again, mm-hmm. gotta love it. But why the fuck? Like, so then Sam rolls up in his wheelchair and is like sit watching her. And like she like freaks out like some stranger watching her and grabs a towel to cover herself, and then seconds later she's downstairs trying to seduce him with the lingerie. Or it's just like I didn't like what what is going on? Like I didn't understand that. Well, to me, it's like she was startled that he was staring at her, and I guess it's been a, maybe a long time since anything intimate happened, and yeah. just the fact that he showed a bit of interest in her, then she tried to you know work upon that so i could i i can see where she was going with that but then it got derailed okay. by steven but uh i right I, right i think they've been uh they've uh they haven't had any intimacy in a very long time and just the fact that he showed some interest in her you know she was mm-hmm. gonna feed upon that small piece that she, he was she was able to get so 
Yeah. Because after oh, a certain time, weird maybe, you know, like if there is no intimacy or, or whatnot, after a while, mm-hmm. you know, you start feeling more like a roommate than a lover. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's how I saw that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so then obviously, you know, she goes with, um, with Steven after he comes in for, you know, to pull her away. Um, and he is going to get her the settlement. So on the phone with the other lawyer, and we already talked about that. I liked when he was cutting off his own nose. I thought that looked good. Mm-hmm. But before that, the guy sitting at his desk in papers literally manifest in front of his eyes. And his response is, what kind of game are you playing? <laughs> like, it was just so ridiculous. Like, it literally appears from nothing. Yeah. And his response is, what kind of game are you playing? Like, it was just so just stupid, oh, but it made me laugh. Not just that. As he starts mutilating himself, his two assistants oh, those- or, or right. like open the fucking door you retard i, I mean that's my thought retard. like what the f- like he is in a fu- like is he locked in there like give me a break you're not even at a door like to at least show us that they're trying to open a fucking so, door so, to establish that it's locked yeah. you know what i mean like fuck. So, they, so they look all panicked and they're banging at this glass wall i'm like uh it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a door you know how to use it you can open it oh, right. it is not barred in oh. any way shape or form so that's so stupid that bugged me it would have been better if he was just by himself yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I didn't know understand. You're absolutely right. Like, why even have those two people there? Yeah. It didn't add to the. It didn't add to like the the stretch of the situation or the tension of the moment or anything. It was just dumb as fuck. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and and this might be controversial to you, mm-hmm. but I gotta admit, what I love, what I really liked about this film was the Jin's approach. So don't go all you know i'm evil and you'll do these three wishes or else and instead act like her friend and and get these three wishes without her like being the wiser that's a really smart way to do it and it's different than what we've seen previously and i really liked it and i ended up liking it the entire time it was going on okay um what did you feel about that i didn't because again first film you're you're giving wishes to power yourself back up in number two, you, you do wishes because now you need a thousand and one wishes. Three, that's thrown out the window. And then four, again, thrown out the window. If you are, okay, so I don't know between three and four. Okay, so it's filmed like, you know, two weeks apart, but like timeline yeah. of the film, who knows how long the Jin has been in his gym, okay? Right. First of all, well, he's dead, but comes back to life. Whatever, that's not explained. Yeah, whatever, fuck me. So, mm-hmm. if you're imprisoned in a gem, wouldn't you stalk the fuck out of your, let's call him a rubber, out of your rubber? <laughs> wouldn't you stalk the fuck out of your rubber until you get those three wishes? Why do this cat and mouse romance thing? That's very human of the djinn, which to me doesn't really go with the character. You want to start Armageddon right away. And this guy took days between wishes to gain her favor so that she falls in love with him, not knowing that the third wish would have her have to love him. Like, that was yeah. weird. And, you know, and I'm not saying it's smart foreshadowing. I think it's just lazy writing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, like, you lost me there at the very end. What What is lazy writing? Which part is lazy well, writing? I just thought the whole, like, you know, him being a nice guy and doing all these things to her. I think that's lazy writing. 
I think it's uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, really, I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, to me, it it feels it's almost risky. Like I really liked it because it's almost risky compared to what we've seen previously. See, the, this gin is, you know. If it's if we go with the idea that it's the same gin as last time, which I, I you're probably right, yeah, you know, yeah. because it looks the same, and maybe there are some differences if you put them side by side. So maybe it isn't the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't tell you one way or the other for sure. But if it is, then it feels like he kind of has learned from his mistakes last time and Ugh. is trying to fix it this time. He's an all powerful gin. He doesn't need to learn from those stupid human emotion mistakes. But he's not all powerful because he needs this person. To make him all powerful, and so he's still reliant on somebody else, well, and so he's trying to approach that in a different well, way. He's still fucking. Or if it's a different, he he's still pretty fucking powerful because he doesn't need the three wishes. He needs the three wishes to bring all his buddies over, but himself, he can do whatever but, the fuck he wants. Right, but isn't his whole goal, as it's been the entire series, the the Jin's goal is to take over the world? Yes, but. Like in this case here, right? He's he's being Stephen. He's friends, you know. He's friends with a girl. He could have gotten a wish from her with his face, and then could have marked up like one of her coworkers at the store, taking her face, got another wish. Mm -hmm. Like he's sticking with the same person and working on getting a relationship with her before he knows he needs a relationship with her, which is weird. Like to me, it seems he falls in love with her. During the whole, like, it's almost like a courting process. It's quite romantic. Yeah. Even. Huh? Romantic. Um, <laughs> just, to me, this is a far cry from the original Wishmaster film. Like, it's a far cry. It is. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't mind that, I guess. Okay. That's cool. That's but, fair. You know, I, and I see what you're saying because like when, so jumping ahead a little bit, but when he, when that third wish is granted and like yeah. he asks her to leave and everything, yeah. um, like I, my initial thought was like, did he fall for her and doesn't want like to continue with this? Like I'm confused and that's no. why I had to rewind it and yeah. then realize that it, that wasn't the case at all. But that's just giving precedent, that's giving credence to what you're saying that he's like, it's a courting process and he kind of did it before he needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree that that was the case. I don't know. It's just something different about it that that was interesting. And the wish is so weird. Like the wish was like, you know, I want you to love me. Or, what is it? I want you to. I, yeah, w- I want to love I you for it. who you are. Yeah, who you really are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like I, and that I, I, I wish. Just- I wish I could love you for who you are. So now, so instead of doing this, you know, yeah. I wish you were never born, and then it reverses everything. She, Which was stupid as fuck. She does the third wish. And I'm like, holy fuck, the third wish happened. Now it's going to be awesome. And it's not because it's some bullshit romantic, like, only my true love can free the world type of bullshit. And uh, mm-hmm. now the now the gen is, like, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, I wonder how I would make her love her or love me for who I really am. And, like, yeah. it, it, so it became a fairy tale. This movie was a fairy tale. It's fucking garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I guess I don't have like a, I can't counteract what your counterpoint, what you're saying, because yeah, sure. That's, that's the way it yeah. is, but I still enjoyed it in terms of where it was going, I guess. Okay. And maybe I'll have more of a reason why as we go on, yeah. but. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go, let's rewind a bit because we've got two fun wishes. Yeah. Well, fun. There's one fun wish and one stupid wish. 
Well, not stupid. Okay, so she that's her second wish, which is that she wishes that her boyfriend could could walk again or some bullshit. Right. So so yeah. he walks again. Great. Mm-hmm. The wish I liked is from the waitress at the Indian restaurant. Yeah. That was Which, funny. In, in, the, in this post-Weinstein world, <laughs> I thought it was really funny uh, how she wishes yeah. someone would kiss her like so-and-so. Yeah, I, I wish someone would kiss Like whatever like couple that, goes yeah. kissing. So now every person that she walks up to starts like, you know, kissing her. Yeah. My favorite part of that was the guys kiss her on the lips and all the girls kiss her on the cheek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know, man. right? That was I'm funny. Like, Let's make this sexy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What killed me was so, you know, at that first wish, <clears throat> Stephen can now, or Sam can now walk, mm-hmm. and he's still being a complete fucking dick to her. It's like, like, fuck this guy, man. He's such a fucking prick. All because, of, well, you know, he still can't get it up, as, you know, he's well, claiming. The, the thing is, too, is he thinks that she's still with him for the money, for the settlement money, right? Yeah. So now they, they, got, they got $10 million from the settlement. Mm-hmm. And now he can walk again. So he thinks there's no need for her to be around anymore. So she can just leave. So, yeah, he is still full of self-loathing. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's not a fun character to be around. No. Um, I liked when, so then like the next part we get introduced to Tracy, I believe. Yeah. Tracy. Yes. And, um, I loved when she said, um, I'll give you an ETE. I loved it. And then she explained it and I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I understood what it was. Like, it was funny. And then you, you can't explain your fucking joke. Like, come on. Estimated time to erection. I thought it was funny until she had to explain it. It's like, damn. Damn. Yeah. Um, she says at one point, Tracy says, you better be careful, Lisa. An aura that strong is capable of anything. And I really like that line because that was basically what I was feeling about him. That was a great way to describe him. He just brings this aura, this strong aura about uh, Michael Trucco as Steven yeah. that I was really buying. I really liked. And I think that's probably why I just forgave all the other stuff because I just genuinely liked the characters. Um enough that I was just interested to see how they would go about this situation that they've got themselves into. Yeah. Well, she's reading, it. she's reading his aura and I'm just feeling very Bora. Like <laughs> I was getting bored uh, watching this. Nothing's happening. I, I, I definitely wasn't bored. I have, I'll, I'll say that definitely wasn't okay. bored on this one, but um, yeah. And then I was trying to figure out because then we go back to fucking Sam again. I was just like, I just generally don't, know why she would want to stay with Sam at this point. Like he's a whiny bastard. He just continues to feel sorry for himself. He bringing, he's bringing nothing positive to this relationship. Like she just yeah. needed to move on. Um, well, and then yeah. the next scene, as soon as I'm thinking that the next scene is Steve, uh, she, it's that scene with the candles and then Steven pops out. And what I liked about it is like the music is like evil music. It's like boom, boom, boom or something just to remind mm-hmm. us that Steven, even though he's very charming, he's still, this evil gin. I really, really like that. Yeah. I, I think the problem with um, with Lisa and with Sam is that Lisa is, a f- she seems to be a fixer. You know, some girls will, yeah. you know, date bad boys or want to try to try to fix them and try to make them better type of thing, you know? Right. And she is obviously a fixer trying to put Sam back together because mm-hmm. Sam's her Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true, and I, I hated that. But yes, it's very true. <laughs> well, she deserves better, right? Yep, exactly. 
Yeah, because she just you're right. She just seemed like a genuinely you know good person. Yeah, staying with him. Like even when when she's wishing and not knowing that he's a wish master, all her wishes are, yeah. are good and they're not they're not greedy. Like she's genuinely a, a right. nice person. Like mm-hmm. I have nothing against Lisa whatsoever. Right. No, definitely right. Um. So then, obviously, we get the third wish. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um. And I. So at that point, then obviously, you know, he asked her to leave and then the other gins come in and I really liked the other gins. I thought they looked really creepy. I would have, I almost <laughs> want to say that I would have loved to see one of them as like the main gin for this, as opposed to our, the same one that we got from three, just to change it up a bit. I was so bummed out seeing these fucking half baked embryo gins. You know, we've got the great okay. makeup, like Witchmaster three and four. The the Witchmaster has good makeup, okay, and mm-hmm. it did not. I guess they didn't provide enough of budget for the other gins. If you're going to make a film where the gins prophecy is fulfilled, the three wishes are given, and the mm-hmm. gins are going to spo- uh, spill into the earthly realm. I want to see a whole different bunch of gins. These gins that are in this film reminded me of like a full moon pictures film. Where it's like, you know, <laughs> evil Bong versus the space aliens and these shitty ass space aliens. I was so bummed out by the lack of quality in these three embryoed looking gins. Like these are your coworkers and they don't look at all like you. And it looked yeah. and I was so I was expecting Armageddon and I got a I got fuck all. I was so bummed out. <laughs> you know, I I, yeah, I can't, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure why, but I, I didn't think they looked fake at all. I thought they looked interesting. Um, they looked very, the three of them looked kind of similar, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they weren't, uh, you know, fully realized like our gin was, but our gin is fully realized. Whereas those are those, the rest of them are still waiting to become fully realized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, embryo like is probably the correct, correct way to describe them. Um, but I guess they just hit me in a different way. I don't know. It reminded me of the shitty puppets in Puppet Master 4 and 5. Oh, okay. I have not seen those. I can't compare. But Oh, really? Well, let's add it to the list. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was just it, just, it just looked very, for the Armageddon to begin, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. what's coming through the portal. I could probably take a few out before I die. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, I could probably take a few out. Yeah, I was I was not impressed. It did not look scary. If it was if if they had Wishmaster one money, and it's going to be a theatrical mm-hmm. film, it would have been scary. This was not scary. Between the shitty fire special yeah. effect portal that opened up, and then these three little sock puppets, yeah, I did not like it at all. Right, but I mean, it's definitely it's it's a whole, playing on a whole different level than Wishmaster was, obviously. So, oh yeah, whole given difference. what it is, well, given what it was, I I like yeah, it. It's a romance film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly true um i i enjoyed uh, a small stu- little moment was when steven entered tracy's house he uh took like a step in and was like closing the door or something and his face the lighting was just all red uh, i appreciated that again just you know a reminder that this is not a a good person even though he's acting as such well it it's um, funny because he was kind of doused in a red light most of the time and Lisa was yeah, like Lisa that. was wearing a lot of blue. It just seemed like red equaled yeah. lust and blue equaled love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good. Very good point. Definitely. And is this the scene where Tracy does her wish? Yes. Okay. Started off really good. 
but where, where, yep. where's the end game? Like, yeah, there was no uh, payoff. And that was disappointing. And that's upsetting because the whole point of Wishmaster is the fucking payoff. Don't yeah. show me something off. Well, if it, you can't show me anything if it's off screen, but give me the payoff, you know? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I mean, it's what it is. Her, yeah. her wish was like the ultimate orgasm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Show me the payoff. I want to see the payoff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. We're getting to my favorite shitty moment of the film. Okay. So. And what moment is that? Ah, that's when the hunter appears. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so what as far as I can tell it, the only reason the hunter appears is to add about 10 minutes of runtime oh, to the film. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's literally no point to it whatsoever. Yeah. So the hunter is a failsafe, which was never mentioned in it before. And according to the commentary, right. they just added it on just because. So okay. if the gins it yeah, felt like oh it. yeah. If the jinns can fulfill the prophecy, then the angels have a last resort of having a hunter come down and try to kill the jinn before Armageddon starts. And this is where it becomes a shitty TV episode of the Highlander. <laughs> Fuck the hunter. I hated this aspect. Yeah, I did not understand like the point of that at all, other than filler. Um, it made no sense. It was stupid. The character itself was as generic as you can oh, get. Yeah, you can't get any more bland. Like such a bland character. Yeah. It was like you take the TV show Highlander and you mark him with a shitty version of the Terminator, and that's what you get. Yeah. Like, and what kills me is like, so generally speaking, when a wish is granted, it happens immediately. So this hunter only came out because the third wish was granted and he hadn't fulfilled it yet. Well, that's the thing is that like the, the wish was, was, was given, but again, like most of these shitty wishes in this movie, no payoff. So I don't know. I would have assumed that the hunter would have been activated once the wish was fulfilled, but it was never fulfilled. Yeah. So was he activated because it took so long from the wish to be given to the fulfillment of the wish? That's what I was thinking. And it's like, if that's the case, like why, who, what, in what world, fake or real, would somebody <laughs> think of this and think, oh yeah, we have to create this hunter in case it takes 10 minutes for this wish not to be like, yeah. how ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense in this, even in this fake world that we're in. It doesn't doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, it, it wasted you know ten fifteen minutes of the film. Uh, it killed yeah. one of uh, one of Lisa's coworkers with a shitty sword to the head. With a with, and right. with a fake. Oh, I like that. I what? like that. The fucking decapitation. I, oh, I like that. That poor employee just trying to be a good employee. Yeah. Say greet the customer when they walk in, being nice, and then she gets her fucking head chopped off for for her troubles. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like. And you. then this really shitty chase scene in into the park. And then a sword yeah. fight, which again really highlights the the craftsmanship of the Wishmaster uh, suit. But it was still a shitty sword fight. No, the the sword fight felt like I was watching two young actors on stage doing poor stage combat. Yeah. Like, yeah. speed it up! You are it's a film. You can speed up the film to make it look like they're moving faster. Like you can't do that on stage. You can do that in film. 
do it so they don't look fucking yeah, terrible. This was not the Matrix. Was, no, no, definitely wasn't. No. Um, and, and back to Sam uh, for one more second yeah. here. Oh, please. What kills me is that Sam, his like passion in life or whatever was like sculpting, right? Or that's obviously that's what his job was or whatever. Yeah. Like. If that's what his job was, and he's even and he's this fucking miserable in the in the wheelchair, like you could still do what it is that you love to do. Yep. Literally, the only thing you can't do is fuck. Like, why are you so goddamn annoying? Like, I just, oh my god, he was such a bad care, a badly drawn character. But again, sex is such a theme to this movie. It's like you take you take one of my passions away, it extinguishes all the flames. I'm like, okay, yeah. Sam. Okay, go wallow in your pity. Exactly. I was disappointed that so we get the strip club scene, which yeah. hey, I'm not going to complain if there's a strip club scene in my movie. That's fine. Oh, I can't complain. I can. The bartender wishes he was the, a pimple on her ass, and then we don't uh-huh. even get to see anything. It's like, Thank oh, really? Like nothing? Exactly. I'm like, you're going to say that he wants to be a he'd be a pimple on her zit, and you don't show him as a pimple on her zit. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. This movie sucks. Like. Yeah, that that just didn't make any sense. This film has no payoff whatsoever, and it's upsetting. Yeah. Ah. Um. And then and then and okay, so then uh, Wishmaster as uh, Stephen goes, uh, you know, gets into a fight with a bar- with a, with a bouncer. So they fight outside. Oh, right. Yep. Which was filmed yep, exactly. in district in Winnipeg near where I used to work, and. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay, the fight scene was shitty, but the scene mm-hmm. of the Wishmaster throwing the bodyguard or the uh, the security guard yeah. into the dumpster, holy mm-hmm. fuck, that looked bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's almost oh. Keystone Cops bad. Like, I just have no respect for this movie. Uh, honestly, I, I like it looked dumb, but it didn't bother me that much, uh. I guess. Um, I, I did like watching, there was a special feature on there. It was like seven minutes long or something. And like, they tried to do that scene like a thousand fucking times. And, uh, <laughs> I guess this was the best take they had, but yeah, it was just the goofy. only reason why I think you might not have thought this was such a bad scene is maybe you were eating this, mm-hmm. watching this film while eating snacks and you looked away from the screen <laughs> for a split second to look down to your bowl of tacos to take a taco Put it in your mouth. Look back up again. Oh, he's in the garbage bin now, and you missed the whole flight of the movie <laughs> that he had. That's if, if that's the case, I understand. I, I watched this. No I snacks. Did, I did. Yeah, I, did, I didn't have any oh. snacks either. Uh, I did see it. And I mean, yeah, it looked looked you know early two thousands fake, but uh, that was all I just chalked it up as. My my recommendation um, for this film: Wishmaster Four. Watch this with snacks. With yeah. snacks, yeah, exactly. I didn't understand why the Wishmaster, or, or rather, why the Jin was like purple and blue all of a sudden when he was outside. I did, didn't seem consistent with the rest of the makeup that we'd seen up to that point. It was really weird. I didn't notice that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. It was, just, it was like super bluey well, and purpley. At I don't the same time, you know, he is uh, leaving a strip club. Uh, he didn't go see a, get a private dance. Maybe he's just backed up. It's very possible. You see how big his dongs were? <laughs> Maybe that's like what his, happens. His dongs on his ears, right. they were hanging pretty low. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, And then all of a sudden, the gem can turn into a sword. That was, that was different. Fuck this movie. I mean, yeah, that was weird. Like, was that... 
presumably that sword was the same sword as uh, Archangel Michael's sword from the last film? Uh, I don't think so, because how would he have access to it since he got killed or impelled by that sword? So how would he be in possession of that sword now? It must be a mat. But it's the sword he gets killed by. Well. At the end. Uh, no, know. it must be a different story. He, he backs into it. It's, it's No, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, wait a minute. No, it's not the same sword. It can't be the same sword. Because, he, because okay. he's given the sword. Well, oh, maybe it is. Because, you know, Sam does wish. And he, I, he gets it. F- yeah. Because Sam, Sam. Oh, yeah. I wish for something exactly, to kill Exactly, right? Yeah. So maybe it is the same sword because he got killed last time. But then again, he got killed last right. time. Maybe it's different. Anyways, paradox. Um, so it's possible, possibly yeah. the same sword. It's possible. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. They, I liked the orange phone that Lisa had in their house because it was the same phone that I made my parents buy when I was in middle school. <laughs> okay. Literally the same phone. Yeah. Um, I, I like that when, uh, as soon as he, as soon as they kiss, like she's instantly turned on. They just fucking go, go nuts. I liked that on the piano, no less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, good, good, good time there. Good time. Um, the uh, thing I didn't like is when they were fucking the G- other Jin's hands coming in, I thought was the goofiest fucking thing ever. That reminded me of Scrooged for some stupid reason. You know when... Oh, man. I don't remember that scene, okay. I guess. I have seen Scrooge, but it's been a while. Okay, you know when... Okay, Bill Murray is hammered in his office about to meet the ghost of Christmas future. And he's he's got a glass full of vodka and a mm-hmm. splash of tab. And he's beckoning the glass to come to his hand because he's so hammered. And you see, like oh, the man. hand, like uh, the hand of the Ghost of Christmas Future, like going for him. But then, as, yeah. as soon as it's about to pounce on him, then uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's Elite Ladder Milk mm-hmm. comes barging in and shoots him, or or comes barging in with a shotgun and starts shooting up the place. So the hand like kind of goes away. <laughs> so it has really yeah. no. It's got no similar. Uh, uh, aspects to it, but with the hands mm-hmm. kind of just, yeah, just remind me of that scene. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> because it's Christmas and it's romantic. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Um. So I obviously I was I was in for the 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 the, the ride that they were going in terms of uh, or the story that was going in terms of him, you know, trying to seduce her, basically. Okay. Um. And so I liked that. Uh, just his un- inability to like handle love because he thought that once he fucked her, that she was going to fall in love with him. You know, that would be it because he learns this from the strip club, the people at the strip club and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just thought that was well played. Like he wants her to say he loves her and he's, and he starts getting impatient. And I, d- I liked the progression of the character. Um, even if you didn't like how, where, what they were doing with it, I guess I just, I still liked how they handled that, that progression of the character if that's how they did, that's how they decided to go with it. And so I think they handled that well, but obviously I'm alone in that and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah. just throw, throw up my positive thoughts as well. Uh, like I, I wrote down now, if Sam comes back and saves the day, I swear to fuck, I'm going to give this star a half a film or fuck this film, half a star on principle. Oh, this, like I hate it so much. This feels like half a film. <laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, what else? So, 
Oh, I liked she was falling like through black nothingness. Just felt so '90s again, even that though is. I know it's not a '90s movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, it almost is. Yeah, exactly. Um, he still go? tries to appeal to her and makes and trying to make her fall in love, even as the gin, which I thought was just perfect. I loved how consistent that idea was. That mm-hmm. uh, pursuit was. It makes for just a strong character there, and I like that. Um, and it just made sense to me that he was trying to go about it in a smarter way. And I appreciated that. Well, uh, they're not yeah. rehashing the same threads over and over again, which right. again, is commendable. I mm-hmm. just think it was done best the first time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, at one point I genuinely thought maybe she was going to be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Like. I'm going to like to go with him basically as he's like, she's like begging here. He's begging her to, mm-hmm. I was like, man, maybe that's what they mean by prophecy fulfilled. Like maybe this shit's going to turn and this can be like a very clear end of the series and, and blah, blah, blah. And I think that would have been really fucking interesting if she would have like turned and like been his queen, like the queen to his king or you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously that's not the case, but that I thought oh. that would have been, I thought that would have been fun. If she would have turned dark and yeah. with him, that would have been such a fun aspect to the right. explore. Mm-hmm. But obviously with um, their budget, there's no way they can actually do that. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. No way. Yeah. Um, again, oh, the gun. So I, I wrote that again. The gun yes. sound sounded like shit and you wanted me to remind you of the gun. Okay. So what were we going to talk about that? Well, so the Wishmaster. Um, Okay, so the Wishmaster transforms into the body of, uh, let me go back here. Sam. Of Sam. Uh, well, no, well, yeah. first Sam and then Lisa, right? Because then it's Lisa in her bra and panties. Oh, yes. Yes, that was good. That was good too. Yes. How could he do this without carving their faces off? Yep. No, he couldn't. Exactly. Right? It, that's, that's wrong. Yeah. That's, <laughs> he couldn't. So that's one thing that bugged me, which I'm like, yep. okay, I call bullshit. And then two. Right. Sam shoots uh, Wishmaster Lisa three times, and he yes. and he brushes off the bullets, and you know he's fine. But then yep. one stab of the sword, mm-hmm. and he's fucking dead. Well, that so, makes sense to me because does it? Okay, explain. The, he specifically asked for a way to kill him, and he presents the sword. Like, and to me, it was the same sword from the last film, or the same idea of the sword from the last film. So it tied it together for me. But um, and that's how he died is he ran into that specific sword that could kill him. So is it the jewels on the sword or, or is the sword imbued with a special chant or something? Like it's, it's never really explained. I'm like, he just no, shot her three times in the chest, you know, but it wasn't explained in the last film either. It just was the archangel's sword. And so it could kill him. But like at the same time, kind of thing. it was wielded by the archangel, right? You in know, the last like, one it was. Yeah, yeah. Like Michael was, there like in quotation marks he was there with the body of the of the boyfriend um right. in this but, case here it's just a weapon it's just, but, it's just a blunt object you know or a well a, it is oh. yeah but in the last film archangel archangel isn't exactly isn't even who kills him it's um lisa because they fall with like then they fall onto the sword or whatever and she stabs him with the sword ah uh, good point yeah okay but, okay i'll accept that yeah yeah uh, i mean yeah but yeah um but yeah i know i under and it's like you said you're you're absolutely right like there's just no payoff like even the Jin's death is remarkably easy after an entire film of build-up to it yeah it's literally him backing into a sword and it's like yeah 
you're absolutely right. There is just no payoff. It, it, it's a film that leaves you on the edge and then just just lets you go. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it's the first film had it, the first film was all payoff. Film number two was payoff as well for the most part. Three and oh, four. God, don't even talk about it. Fucking fucking garbage. Fucking garbage. Hmm. I, I don't agree with you 100%, um, but okay. we'll get to that in a second here. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add in terms of you know anything you learned from the commentary or just uh, anything else about this film before you move on to your final thoughts? Uh, well, like the last film, this was filmed in 16 days again. Um, and unlike the last film, the first, or I guess number three, was filmed at the University of Manitoba the whole time. In, uh, okay. in the Wishmaster 4, it was filmed uh, in the Exchange District. Um, most of the scenes like the strip club and the fight in the back lane and a few other scenes I noticed were stomping grounds of mine. Uh, not that I used to go to the strip club all the time, but I used to work nearby. So, you know, I knew the area, which was kind of cool. Uh, for those asking, nobody did. Um, I cannot see my house in the movie. So unfortunately, <laughs> my house is not uh, on film. Um, but if you Lame. still want an autograph, I will send you one if you send me self-addressed uh, uh, an uh, uh, envelope with some postage on it because I'm not paying for it. Um, and you only charge 30 US dollars. So you're pretty cheap. I think so. I'm not, I'm yeah. not like walking dead money, you know, so it's not too, too bad. Exactly. Not 60 bucks. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here and yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh yeah. The, the scene where they're walking on the water between Steven and, and Lisa. Yeah. That's something they want to pick zoo. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apart from that, that's all for me. The the I should listen to the first commentary. I listened to the second one. So I think what I want to listen want to hear was probably said on the first. So uh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, Wishmaster yeah. 4 had two fucking commentary tracks. What the fuck? I know, which is crazy. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and I also do think they're old commentary tracks because they're talking about, you know, chances of a fifth one. But after a decade plus, oh. there's no fucking way. So uh I'm assuming they're all commentaries. Mm-hmm. There's, there's our film. We're going to write a film together. I've just decided this just literally the second. We're going to write a film together, and it's going to be Wishmaster 5. Fuck yeah, 2018. That's right. Yeah. That's what 2018's about, baby. It's about Wishmaster 5. But we're not filming it in Winnipeg. Let's go somewhere nice. Okay, that works for somewhere me. Somewhere warm. Yes, yes, I'll, yes. I'll get my people to see who's got the rights, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And if we, right, can't get the right, if we can't get the rights, we'll just call it the Wishmeister. Yeah, yeah. hey, there you go. There you go. I like it even better. Yeah. Perfect. So before Wishmaster 5, though, what is your final? what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled? As much as I'm shitting on this film, it was uh, leaps and bounds better than Wishmaster 3. Um. I didn't completely hate it. I'm being maybe a little overly negative. It's because I kind of, I don't say I care about this series, but the mm-hmm. first movie and to the second point, the second one really gave it uh, some some room to grow. And instead of growing, I find that these last two films retracted from what has already been put down uh, in the earth for this, uh, for this mythos. Um, I find that the, even though they, they had capable actors, um, I think budget constraints really hurt. So I think the, this film is overly produced. Could have done so much more. Um, and it's a fertile ground for ideas, like for wishes. And especially with number four, it feels neutered because you don't see anything. Um, 
so I, I'm I'm disappointed with the film, but yet again, it's still better than three. Um, so I will give this maybe one and a half stars. Okay, Very I think good. I gave one, one and a half. half. Did I give one and a half to three as well? Um, I want to say three. You gave one one star. Okay, yeah, one and a half works for me then. Yeah, perfect. And I think that's the difference between you and me. I, okay. I, you say you know you really thought like the first maybe two were just like fertile and you and you like them. I didn't love the first one and I loathed the second one more than probably any movie I've watched for this podcast, as I mentioned. (laughs) And so like, I think I just was so ready for something for anything to be better in three and four. And uh, to me, I think that's just the difference is I thought it got better from the second one on. Okay. Yeah. So Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled, it takes a very different approach to this Wishmaster series. And for the most part, I found it a very welcoming and refreshing change. This feels significantly different than Wishmaster 3, even though they share the same director and were filmed just a couple weeks apart from one another. Um, but like you mentioned, there's just the, the tone on this is so much different, I feel. Um, I absolutely loved this Jin's approach to this situation as it felt like a more reasonable and calculated way to get what he wanted. As much as I liked uh, Dive Off as the gin, I think I liked Michael Trucco's gin even better. He's genuinely charming and just has this aura about him. Like Tracy said, that made me want to spend time with him. I really liked Lisa here as well. And I just found like this story to be a lot more interesting than the second or the third film. There was, again, a lack of cool special effects, um, but I did like the lawyer cutting his own nose off. That looked pretty good. But otherwise, there just wasn't much of note. Um, the character of the hunter was absolute bullshit and should have been cut, but was, you know, clearly just there to add to the runtime. Um, and I also thought that the climax of the Jin's death was shockingly pathetic. Um, and just overall, not a lot of payoff, you know, but other than that, I enjoyed the time I spent with the prophecy fulfilled. There wasn't a lot of special effects, but there was a good bit of nudity. So, Hey, there's that. So either way. I'm going to give Wishmaster 4, The Prophecy Fulfilled, two and a half out of four stars. Wow. Yes. So that that begs the question, Mark. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Series ranking. Yep. So what would your order of the series be? You can go from bottom to top, top to bottom, whichever you prefer. Okay. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that well, first of all, it's number one. So Wishmaster 1 is the top. Um, then there's a steep decline. Um, so let's pretend there's Wishmaster, there, there's like Wishmaster 1.1, 1.2, but you just can't see them. So like Wishmaster 1 is right on top and then like 2, 3, 4 are like way at the bottom. But so I'm going to go Wishmaster 1 and then I'm going to go Wishmaster 2 just because Devop is still in it, even though I think the film isn't very good. I like Devoff. Then I'm going to go Wishmaster 4 and then Wishmaster 3. Okay. That's that's exactly what I how I figured you would you would line them up. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty thinking. predictable. Yeah. Well, I, I don't make mean a I just movie. <laughs> just cuz we've been talking. Oh yeah. I, and you you'll you'll know my order too, I bet. So I think um, I do. I'm I'm putting honestly <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna want to come through the microphone and slap me, but I was debating <laughs> on which one to put first. Okay, between the top two, 
I decided that I'm giving Wishmaster one the nod at number one just because the special effects were, you know, bar none. And so first would be Wishmaster one, and then I'd put Wishmaster four, and then I'd put Wishmaster three. Um, And then, like you, which I think is funny, like I wrote in like, um, uh, what did I write? Like a, I have my teeth pulled, uh, you know, take a (laughs) shit, all these awful, not taking shits off, but just these awful things. And then Wishmaster (laughs) two at the very bottom. Really? Because uh, I think Wishmaster 2 is, I, I've said it so many, I fucking hated that movie with a passion. So yeah, no. hated it, hated it, hated it. I think if Wishmaster 2 didn't have Devoff, I'd put probably 4 as my second pick. Yeah. But since it isn't the case, it I got to keep 4 in the third slot. But as much as I really shat on the third one tonight, or on the fourth one tonight... Yeah. It's still so much better than Wishmaster 3. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, yeah. I finished watching 4. I'm like, wow, that sucked. Not as bad as 3. 3 sucked Fair hard. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate 3. I gave 3 two and a half stars as well. Um, let, me, let, me just, let me just recap our ratings here. So sure. Wishmaster 4, I gave two and a half. You gave one and a half. Mm-hmm. Wishmaster 3, I gave two. Okay, I gave Wishmaster 3 two stars. Excuse me. You gave it one. Mm-hmm. Wishmaster 2, I gave a half a star. You gave it one and a half stars. Okay. And then Wishmaster the original, I gave two and a half stars. You gave three stars. So, okay. So it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so very good. So that is Wishmaster. Are yeah. you happy we spent this these four weeks with it? This was the best December ever. Yeah, you fucking liar. You know what, though? Now, again, I bought this just because I'm collecting all the restaurant video. Um, and I probably would never have bought three and four on their own. Um, yeah, the only one I would ever revisit would be the first one. I probably will never watch two, three, four again. Yeah. There's, ah, man, I might watch Wishmaster four again. If when when would I watch Wishmaster four again? Uh, February 14th. (laughs) Of course the the romance, but like, (laughs) yeah, other than the February 14th, I don't know that I would like, yeah, but I, I, if it was on TV, I wouldn't turn it like I wouldn't turn it off. I don't even have cable anymore, so that's such a, a dated thing to say. I feel like anymore, but yeah, um, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just had enough uh, enough, I guess, nudity in it that kept me interested. I don't, I don't know, and I like the characters, and and the kind of I'm finding as we go along, like something that really matters to me are the characters in films I watch because mm-hmm. um, that. Is basically why. Uh, well, I let's just move over to round forty-six of the best in the backlog challenge <laughs> because that ties into that, um, which I'll get to okay. in just a second. But uh, so round forty-six of the best in the backlog challenge, our last of twenty seventeen. So this, of course, where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So as a reminder for this feature, each of us takes a look at the other's unwashed pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu and picks one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that before the next podcast where they then give a quick review of that film. So as a reminder, Mark, I chose Gone Girl from 2014 for you to watch. And you chose A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III for me to watch (laughs) from 2012. I sure did. Yes, you did. So I'll I'll, I'll continue with my thought if if you don't mind. Go right ahead. And jump into uh, Glimpse here. So this is uh, the third week 
in like the past four or five weeks now, Mark, where you happen to have picked a film, picked a film where I uh, ended up getting from Family Video for a dollar uh, as a disc only purchase. And honestly, if it weren't for this challenge, there's almost a 0% chance that I'd actually watch any of these. So, um, you know, the good thing is I'm three for three on enjoying these random ass movies that you've, uh, that you've picked for me that I bought. So because I'm good at picking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third stars Charlie Sheen as the titular Charles Swan, the third, but he goes by Charlie, which is a, a very intentional thing. I'm sure. Um, Charlie is dumped by his much younger girlfriend after she uh, found her picture in a drawer of his that had pictures of his ex-girlfriends in it with hers. And they're obviously, you know, sexually oriented pictures, nude pictures. Um, he just kept, kept them all in a drawer and she was looking for that picture and happened to find all of them. So she freaked out at him. Um, and basically the entire film is uh, uh, just seeing how Charlie deals with this breakup um, from this girl that he seems to genuinely love. And that's what the movie's about. Um, and it's really interesting because it almost feels like we're watching Charlie Sheen play Charlie Sheen in a way. Um, here he plays a, uh, he's like a graphic, a graphic artist, but it sets him up as a guy that doesn't have to worry about money, which allows him the freedom to deal with this breakup in a more engrossing way than most, than like you and I could, you know, you or I could. So whether he's a graphic artist or an actor, the result is the exact same. So that's really why it feels like it. Um, he's an older guy that has a lot of ex-girlfriends that are all much younger than him, which is very textbook Charlie Sheen, at least you know what we know of him in his public image. Mm -hmm. um, but this clear relationship to Sheen's personal life made it even more interesting for me, I think. Um, Sheen, is he's really excellent in this role. And it's obvious that he's taking it very seriously and he's given it his all and it really pays off. Um, so alongside him, we have Jason Schwartzman as his close friend, uh, Kirby. Uh, Patricia Arquette plays his sister. Uh, what's her name? Izzy. Catherine Winnick plays his ex-girlfriend, Ivana. And Bill Murray plays his, I think it's his lawyer, I think is who it is. Um, something like that. But anyway, surprisingly, none of these are cameos like I expected them to be. Especially Bill Murray, I really thought that was just going to be a cameo, but it's not. I mean, these are all main players in the film, and it's a much stronger film because of it. And what made it work so well for me is that these are just genuinely sincere people that are stuck in a difficult situation. I like them all. Um, and like I was talking about with Wishmaster 4, like, and why, what brought us into the segment, I just, I feel like characters are such an important part of the film for me. Um, and I'm kind of realizing that more recently than I have in the past, just how important, even if a film is weak, like Wishmaster 4, I, it can still entertain me if the characters are strong enough to, to kind of drive the plot. And that's what I felt like Wishmaster 4 and a glimpse inside the mind of uh, this one, Charles Swan III did. Um, but, you know, there's, the characters were just interesting enough that I really, I just wanted to know how it would all play out at the end. And at the end, I mean, it's nothing, nothing revelatory happens nothing major, but it's still, it's fu a fulfilling way to wrap things up. Um, you know, it was, it's very clear that there was a good amount of money behind this. Um, and seeing as it's directed by Roman Coppola, the son of legendary Francis Ford Coppola, you know, that shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, and, and to, and to, uh, Roman's credit, he has a very extensive, uh, history, not a, 
huge directorial history, a lot of short films and music videos, but he's done a lot of writing and uh, producing and whatnot. So obviously he's in the business. He's not writing on, you know, at least anymore, the coattails of his father, you know, I'm sure that helped get him into it, but he's doing his own thing. And so I don't mean that as like a, a knock on him or anything, but either way, it's clear that like Roman has, he, he has a very clear eye for directing. Um, and I really want to see what else he does in the future. And I think he has one other uh, feature length film that I definitely want to check out. I can't remember the name of without looking it up, but I, I want to check it out because I liked his directing. Um, and then like the last thing I want to mention is the music. It's fucking fantastic. I would genuinely love to own this soundtrack on vinyl as like, it, it feels like it would fit. It would feel right at home in that format. There's something incredibly hipster about this entire film from the indie music choices to like this 1940s Cadillac that Charlie owns that have eggs painted on one side door and bacon on the other. Um, it just screams hipster to me. And that's not a, that's not a complaint at all. Just a feeling I got while watching it. it. And it gives this kind of this universal feel that you could, you could be watching this or this film could be set in the 1950s, 1940s, or it could be set in the mid 2010s. Like it is. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed that about it. So, there's really nothing like spectacular about this movie. I just enjoyed it. I was looking around online and I am very much in the minority when it comes to enjoying this film. So definitely keep that in mind if you're thinking about seeing it. But still, I had a good time. I loved, loved, loved the music and the cast. And I really think it's worth the 90 or so minutes I spent with it. So I'm giving a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan the Third, three out of four stars. Oh, wow. Did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I, didn't, I thought it was going to be a shit show, but I just genuinely liked it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like I said, I'm, I was like, I was trying to figure out what year the Cadillac was from because like, I want to own that Cadillac now. I'll never have the money to do that. But like, it was such a badass car. I would love to own it. But, and so I searched like what Cadillac, what year Cadillac is in this movie. And I, I just kept coming up with, with, re, with reviews of the film that didn't actually say the year. And I was looking there and I was like, man, people hate this movie. And so chances are, if you watch it, you might not like it, but I fucking love this cast, man. Like it's just a really strong cast and they all give really good performances. Well, that's awesome. So yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I'm absolutely good. glad I watched it. So how about Gone Girl? Gone Girl. Um, wow. <laughs> um, now again, it's hard to not talk about it with spoilers, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not going spoil to just let us know. Okay, perfect. This is going to be a lot shorter than what you just uh, reviewed on your side, um, yeah. because I I can't spoil anything. Exactly. Um, but I'm a fan of David Fincher. I've seen all his work except up until recently, Gone Girl and uh, Benjamin Buttons. Uh, I have yet to watch The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons, um, but I've loved all of his other work. So, getting into this, I I kind of felt I was the it was a little spoiled to me because I've just you know navigating spoilers in social media when this came out. Yeah. Um, so the story is about uh, Ben Affleck and Rosemond Pike. They're a couple. He owns a bar in a local town, and uh, he owns it with his sister. When he comes back home after going for coffee, she's missing. So it becomes a missing person case and it just unravels from there. Um, that's all I really can say about the plot. Yeah. This film's like two and a half hours long. It felt like it was 30 minutes. It was awesome. 
at multiple times, I was mad at multiple characters and then not mad and mad again. Um, if you know nothing of this film and you like David Fincher, then you will like this film. It, it's dark. It's really fucking dark. But the, the cast is fucking awesome. I love Kim Dickens as uh, the detective uh, Boney. Um, you might know her. She was in Deadwood. Um, Patrick Fugit, which is awesome to see. He's, uh, I guess, her partner. He's the kid in Almost Famous. So that was kind of a trip to see again. Um, Rosamund Pike, she's fucking amazing. She's a chameleon. Neil Patrick Harris is in it. Taylor Perry's in it. Uh, ben Affleck is fucking perfect for this role. Um, yeah, uh, I watched this with Melissa. She had already seen it before. I had not. Um, Shoot. Yeah. You you left out the best actress in the fucking movie, uh, Emily Rata Ratowski. His uh, she oh, the girlfriend? gets naked. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yeah. she's like one of the most beautiful women on planet Earth. Like she is stunning. She she's pretty pretty fucking hot. Yeah, agreed. You see her boobies. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but bit part won't tell you what her role is because that's just you know whatever. Right. But yeah, awesome. Um. Yeah, it, this this film is phenomenal. Um, I really don't know what to say without spoiling, so I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah, total no, recommendation. Um, I'm looking at IMDb right now. It's actually listed as number 179 in the top 250 movies of all time. So uh, yeah, that's... you can yeah, it's it, it's bleak, it's dark, it's fucked up, it's fantastic. I went down the rabbit hole and I fucking loved it. Like I finished the movie wanting a cigarette. I don't smoke. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's got, it's got a total recommendation for me. I give it a solid, I'll give it a solid three and a half out of four stars. Okay. You want to know what I gave it on uh, IMDB out of 10? Oh, okay. Uh, what year did you review this? Um, I want to say probably l- 20 man i don't know probably 20 maybe last year okay so okay so you're in podcast mode um i'm gonna say you gave it i'm gonna say you gave it nine out of ten i gave it four out of ten wow really i thought this was one of the more overhyped shit shows i've ever seen um and it's the reason I gave it such a high score is because of Fincher's directing. I think the script is absolute shit. I hate the script and I hate some of the characters. Uh, but like you said, I don't want to. I don't want to talk more about it just to spoil yeah. anything. But yeah. um, if the only reason that saves it is Fincher and the acting, and even then, how good Fincher as a director and how good these actors are, it still can't be elevated above one and a half out of four stars. I did not like this movie. I did not expect that. <laughs> I know. I didn't either when I watched it. And you know, and, and as much as I, I can't stand this one when it's, and I, when I had cable back when, um, yeah. when it came on, I like wanted to watch it again because it is interesting, I guess. Oh, Sure. But I just, man, I don't, I think it's not great. I, I, <laughs> I don't would, know what else to say, I guess. Now that you've gone through the journey before, I would mm-hmm. watch it again, knowing yeah, what I, you know already, you know? 
I know. I want to, but I think honestly, I think I sold it. That's how much I hate it. I didn't like it. I, and I hate I, I'm a dramatic person, you know. I, I I use hyperbole a lot and I I didn't I didn't hate this film by any stretch, but I definitely did disliked it so much so that I think I sold it. Wow. Yeah. Even with the nudity. There, it, so. Even yes. with the nudity. Oh my god, and she is gorgeous. So yes. Agreed. She's actually for those who don't know, she's actually uh, like the naked girl in, is it Rob Lowe? Who, who, with that song in one of his videos, not Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. He's the artist. He's like an older guy. He's kind of like a creeper, Rob. I have no idea. Robin Thick. Robin Thick. Thank you. And whatever his famous song is. God, I'm so bad Blurred with music. Lines. But like, Blurred lines. But yes, she is like in the uncensored video. She's like the naked chick in that. Apparently, she's in the Entourage movie. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, she's an up-and-comer. She's got a lot of stuff uh, coming out uh, oh, later this year and uh, next year. Oh, later this yeah, year. We've got two weeks something. left. It's still same time. Right, exactly. Yeah, she's got five. Uh, she's got uh, four things in post-production, one thing that she's currently filming. So she'll be somebody yeah. that we'll see a lot more of, I'm sure. Yep, Definitely. But well, I'm I'm genuinely glad that you liked it, and oh. a lot of people did. Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't one of them, and that's why I'm actually waiting to watch the other uh, Gillian Flynn based book uh, movie. Um, Which one? Girl on the Train. Oh, I gotta watch that as well because I I want to read the book first because I hear the book is significantly better. Okay. Um, and so I'd like to read the book before I watch the movie on that one. So I'm kind of. I heard the movie isn't that good. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But good. Excellent. So let's talk about next episode. So 2018. Yeah. Do you have something picked out for me? I do. Okay. I have something picked out for you, Sue. So okay. um, I'm going to have you watch, if you have not seen it yet, which I'm hoping you haven't, yeah. a film from 1986 Okay. called Girls School Screamers. Uh, I did. I uh, ah, you son of a bitch, you. Yeah, it's, right. uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I fucking reviewed it earlier this year. So oh, okay, see, and I do follow you and I read them all, but shit, you watch so much, it's hard to keep track. I know it's not good. <laughs> it is not okay. Good. All right, well, um, you tell me what I'm going to watch then while I search through your list again. Okay, so looking at your list, and uh, I'm going to give you a film that I started watching, and then I realized I'd already seen it. So. Oh, okay. It's a Canadian film uh, from, uh, well, it, it, okay, you'll see it. It's a, it's a double feature uh, you've got here uh, with uh, two films, uh, When a Stranger Calls and Happy Birthday to Me. Oh, so yeah. I want you to watch Happy Birthday to Me. It's a Canadian slasher film. Perfect. Yes, I'm so excited. I I bought. I already seen the other one on there, and I don't like it. Um, but Happy Birthday to Me is specifically why I bought that Blu-ray. So very good. Yeah, a it's, it's watch for a long time. It's it's really good. I remember awesome. liking it a lot. So good. So happy birthday to me from 1981. So have you not seen Looper? No, I have not. Oh man! Well, I'm gonna have you watch Looper from 2012 then. Awesome. Good. Oh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that one. Is that 20? Man, I want, is that really 2010? 2012. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I may have misspoke. Uh, still, that's still fucking uh, six years ago. Wow. Yeah. I suck. I suck. I know. It came out while I was at uh, Family Video, and I just remember all the all the hype when it came out. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah. excited to hear your thoughts on that one. I've even got a Mondo print from Looper. and I. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, gorgeous. 
I'll have to pull it out uh, for uh, the Instagram post. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So you're going to watch Looper from 2012 for our first podcast in 2018. And I'm going to watch mm-hmm. Happy Birthday to Me, the Slasher yeah. from 1981. So that's going to wrap things up for this week, this arc, and this year. Woo. What a year. Crazy. I know. So remember that we will be taking next week off to celebrate the holiday, but we will be back the very first week of January with the first episode of our Scandinavian horror arc releasing on Friday, January 5th. And we're going to be reviewing Next Door from 2005. We'll also discuss our 2018 media goals, talk about our successes and failures from our 2017 media goals, and might even top uh, toss in a uh, top five list in that episode. So be sure to watch out for that one on Friday, January 5th. And as always, if you have a question for us here at the podcast, please hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. Again, make sure you tweet at us using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us uh, reach a larger audience, which is always the goal. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review and for telling your friends about the show. And another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all of those platforms. And Mark, reminder listeners, where else they can find you online? Okay, you can find me online on Instagram at uh, mnado 2 That's uh, M-N-A-D-E-A-U-0-2. Same for Litterboxd. I just logged in to confirm my uh, there it is <laughs> to confirm my account name. So yes, Good. so you can also find me on Litterboxd at mnado 2 You'll see what I watch pretty much right away. I usually grade something as soon as I uh, see the credit scroll. And you can also catch me on Twitter, which I will try to be more active next year since I'll be posting so much on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Mark Nado. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. Yeah, and he really does post right away. That's why I try to avoid it because if I log on there, like I don't want to know what I like, we don't want to know what each other thought of the movie until we're recording. And so I try to avoid going on uh, letterboxes. I know I'll like, I'll, I'll be fuck. There's Mark's score. I'm like, damn it. Now I know he didn't like it or he loved it or whatever. So definitely well, see, a good I'm place the opposite. to follow along. I'm the complete opposite. Oh, you want I to wanna know? See- oh yeah. I want to right away. And then we can talk yeah. about it. But I'm like, no, no, how, no. How can this guy like this movie? Or, <laughs> you know? Right, so like, yeah, yeah I, I need to know. I le- like, yeah. I don't follow too many people on uh, Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to follow more people. I just, I don't post much on Letterboxd. Uh, right, but I don't know. I always check to see what my friends, uh, if they've seen the film, what they score. I always yeah. do. I, I, it, it's, yeah. It, yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you can follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And I'm on Letterboxd under that same name, Simon1. And also, as we mentioned, please head on over to cinefashions.com to help us choose which film we'll review for week six of our next arc our Scandinavian horror arc, as I mentioned. You can choose between Fail, Let the Right One In, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, or Troll Hunter. You have now through Monday, January 15th to make your vote. So please head over to the website, answer the poll. And if you have an extra second, give the poll below it an answer as well so you can help us dictate 
how to grow in 2018. That second poll, as we mentioned last week, is all about premium content that we're toying with moving forward with in 2018. So definitely, if you can, take about 30 seconds to answer both polls right in the right-hand sidebar over at cinefessions.com. So please go ahead and do that for us. We really thank you guys for helping us out there. Last but not least, we want to thank you guys, our wonderful listeners, so much for making 2017 the best year yet for Cinefessions and especially the Cinefessions podcast. Without you guys, we're just talking to ourselves. So we really do appreciate every single one of you. And we hope that 2018 will bring us even more listeners and even more interactions, which is how we'll be able to measure our success. We really hope to make the Cinefessions podcast special edition episodes worth your time and your donations in 2018 to help us grow. And we'll rely on your feedback to make those the best that they can possibly be. In reality, we have no clue where 2018 is going to take us. And that's what makes things so exciting. Really, even though we're 116 episodes in at this point, we're just getting started. And we hope that excites you guys as much as it does us. On a personal note, Mark, thank you for joining me every week and and dedicating your time and your energy to the show. And uh, thank you for sharing your passions of all things media with not only me, but all of our listeners. You know, I couldn't ask for a better co-host to ring 2018 win with. So uh, thank you for for being on this journey with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I just, it's funny how I was going to be just a guest uh, voice for one episode and, you know, almost 100 episodes later, I'm, I'm still doing this and I just, I'm just happy to be a part of this. I've always wanted the podcast, didn't know how to get going. Um, I got attached to to your podcast and uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic over the moon. This is so much fun. I, I want to help this grow and uh, just have a blast doing it. You know, it doesn't feel like work unless I'm listening to a shitty commentary. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I'm thankful for you uh, embracing me into uh, this little world that you've created. So. Thank you very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, even though um, they are not on the show right now, thank you to Ash and thank you to Chris. Both um, obviously played uh, integral parts in Cinefessions throughout uh, this year and the previous five or so, however long it's been. Uh, So thank you to them as well. May 2018 bring everyone listening peace, happiness, and health. May it simply be your best year yet. Happy holidays to all of you and a very happy new year. As always, thank you for listening to episode 116 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. Hey.